in the darkness. He's our God. Amen. Even if we don't see him, he's still working. Amen. He that watches over Israel never sleeps nor slumbers. What a promise that is to us today. A God that said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. A God that is ever present. A God that is here right to meet your need today. And we believe that he is with you wherever you are in your homes, if you're driving, if you're in a foreign country, wherever you are, God knows, knows exactly your situation. He's there to minister to your need today because he's God. Amen. Let's just talk to him just a moment. Lord, this song means so much to us. It's one of the songs of victory for this hour that you've anointed for this time to let us know, Lord, that you're our light in the time of darkness. That when it gets so dark, we can't see our hand in front of our face. That we know there is someone present who can turn on the light, who will rapture the church. And we're a people, Lord, of a rapture age, of adoption age, of a time of people that know their God and who will do exploits. We're looking to you, Lord, today because you're the almighty God. You're the one that we trust in with all our hearts. Lord, we stand there, Lord, with all our hearts today, believing the word, looking at the promise, proclaiming it is the truth, and it is our anchor. It is our anchor that holds within the veil. Lord, we're praying today now that you would bless us as we look in the Word together, that you would anoint us for this time and this purpose. We believe that we are the anointed of this hour. We believe the bride of Christ is anointed to fulfill the New Testament, even as you fulfill the Old Testament. And every type and every shadow to the Scripture is now being made manifest in this day, in this hour, in this time. And we're asking for healing and deliverance for your children. We're asking, oh God, the healing angel, the Holy Spirit will just go through the land, sweeping over every person, every home, visiting every place, reassuring every life, moving down into the ICU rooms and in the hospital. Lord, there, oh God, in the in the little places where their little families are gathered. Maybe there's sickness there. Maybe the enemy has come in and tried to, to put a death notice upon them. But Lord, may they know that today that there is an answer on the way, that you are here appearing in our midst, and you are the way maker, and you will do miracles, for you are healer, our deliverer, our Savior, my God, our Father, our Father, you're the source of our life.
Today we position ourselves as a son of God. We stand here with our shoulders squared back, our head held high. Lord, the banner, the flag, oh God, that is, we're waving and it's not a flag of surrender. It is a flag of victory. It is saying he is risen. And because he is risen, because he lives, we live also. We're declaring that it is finished and the word is true. And we'll stand upon that solid rock today. As we look into your word, blessed to our hearts, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. And wherever you're gathered today, I hope that you have dedicated that for the house of the Lord, for where you're at. Just to, I know, I know it's... Um, you know, it's a little different, but if you'll just get in the atmosphere of worship today and just to realize that the Lord is present with us, it's a little surprised that I would be here today, and I, I want to thank Brother Timothy for allowing me to minister today. I don't say that really tongue-in-cheek. I say that because he was prepared to speak, and as I got up this morning, I, I just... Um, felt, you know, that I would just uh, come and address you and speak to you today, and especially um, to all our loved ones and friends everywhere around the world. I want to thank you for your prayers as Sister Karen continues to improve. Her eyesight is even better today. Her headaches are minimal, and maybe that she can come home tomorrow. If not today, I'm still expecting a, a call from them today to say, just, just come get her. Amen. So uh, we're just looking to the Lord for wonderful, wonderful things that he is doing in our midst. For those of you that don't know, um, I guess um, it was Friday that I took Sister Karen into the hospital. They did a, another CAT scan because she was having some difficulties with, um, with her eyesight. They found that she's had a, another brain bleed in the same area that she had last time five years ago. And, uh, you know, that uh, they can't explain why that it has happened. They, they just say it's very rare for it to happen in the same place twice. And so they call it idiopathic in that they don't know how to explain the phenomena that's going on. I just call it an attack of the devil. And so we know we are attacked by Satan. But I know this. When Job heard all the news that he had received, he fell on his face and worshiped God. And I don't know what the devil thinks, what kind of response he's going to get from us, but he'll only get us to worship God. Amen. Because we will not, we will not back down on a word of promise. I want you to know as a church group, I appreciate your prayers, your love, your support, the many texts, the encouragement that we receive. And um, my wife and I both appreciate that, all the family. I received uh, from uh, a brother um, from, I think he's from South Africa, and uh, he wrote me a note and said, um, I may just underscore that your ministry attracts a lot of trouble, but man, it attracts the living God even more and leaves us so encouraged. <laughs> So, you know, uh, you know, when you go to preaching 
faith and the promises of God and you start proclaiming the truth of the word and that is for us today. Of course, Satan, uh, he comes there and, and wants to attack and try to prove that wrong. But I, I'll tell you, it just attracts the living God even more. Amen. And it causes us to have a more of a resolve. Amen. And a more reason to stand in the hour that we're at. You know, and I pondered his statement, and I found it very interesting that he said, your ministry attracts a lot of trouble. But because just yesterday, Brother Philip Ron Colley, um, he asked me, Brother Tim, what did you do to make the devil so mad? And I said, well, I don't know for sure. But if I knew, I'd do it again. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. So, you know, today, uh, as we say that, the reason for it is because I know when uh, the enemy comes in, uh, you know, then like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against him. You can't touch God's anointed. This is, a, this is something that you must remember as the anointed of God, because this is not just to preachers, though it is to preachers. But um, it is to all of you, touch not mine anointed, do my prophets no harm. For I rebuke kings for their sake. Amen. And I, I know that Satan views himself as the God of this world. But, you know, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Amen, because you have touched God's anointed. And if there was ever a time for faith, you know, I think it's now. It's time to stand and believe. You know, the world around us uh, today is, is considering all the satanic attacks that has attacked all through the world. They call it a virus, but it's a demon uh, that has gone through. And um, then, then we hear of cancer attacks that are on the increase. I've never heard of such a thing at such a time. You know, there, there are attacks on the ministry that have been, as you've heard of Brother Jewel, who continues to recover today, and the attack on Brother Ron Spencer, and greetings to them and their family who are listening in today. And, you know, the little sister Shalom we have mentioned down in India, Sister Cynthia Parker, who's been 10 years without symptoms and now has reoccurring breast cancer. The Massingales from their mom from there in Alabama who have pleaded with us to pray for them. Brother Nathan Bryant's mother, a minister there in in, um, Jeffersonville area, there that uh, his mother, sister Dottie Bryant, has, uh, has just been found with cancer throughout. And then um, Brother Nathan Bryant's brother, his brother Alan, his uh, mother-in-law too, you know, his, this would be his mother and his mother-in-law also, has, uh, has been stricken down with cancer and is very, very severe. We hear of it happening you know, where, uh, you know, all over the country, uh, different ministers have wrote me on the behalf of their congregation. As, um, but I want to remind the devil. I want to remind the devil that cancer is one of the things that the angel of God specified. Nothing would stand before the believer's prayer. Amen. Not even cancer. And, and so we believe that today, and we testify that it is the truth. 
and we stand on that word of promise. And um, I would like to turn to Hebrews 11, verse 1, and I would want to speak this morning on faith is the substance. And we're having just a little issues. We had a storm here uh, the other night and knocked out part of our equipment. So some of, some of our equipment is not working, but um, that too will pass, and Satan cannot stop us. Amen. But the word of God is true, and we appreciate uh, knowing that it is true. Uh, Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. And through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible for, to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. I'm going to let you be seated. Um, if you will, let me look at Isaiah 53 and verse 1. I don't have it in my notes, but we're also going to refer to uh, uh, in, in um, Romans here in a moment. But Isaiah 53, 1 said, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I wanted to stop for a moment and remind you that the arm of the Lord or the arm of power is revealed to those who believe his report. So bear that in mind as we're preaching today, that if you want to see the arm of the Lord or the hand of God working on your behalf, then it will be revealed upon believing his report. All right? And of course, it goes on. We won't read it, but you know it says, he was wounded for your transgressions. Bruised for your iniquities, and by his stripes you were healed. And so, so again, knowing this scripture is true, that is the report. He has been wounded for your transgressions. He has been taken the weapons you deserved. He has paid in full the price for your redemption, so that with the stripes that he took, you were healed. Now, Romans 10, 16, and we'll use the, uh, the second portion of that, which Paul is quoting Isaiah for. Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? And then he says, verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So now we see this is all intricately connected that faith comes by believing the report. We hear God's report. We believe that report. When we hear it, that's how faith comes. We know that God cannot lie. Now, of course, we're in a great time of battle. This is the end time plan. As I have been speaking, it's a time that Michael shall stand up on the behalf of the children of thy people, and there will be a great resurrection. This is spoke to the Jews. It is also at that very time in Revelation chapter 12 that 
that Michael um, you know, comes and wars against uh, Lucifer and his angels. And Brother Branham tells us that it's at that point in Revelation 12 that the bride goes up. So it is in a great a time of great trouble. It is in a time of great battle. And it is a time, it is in a time of battle that you can expect Michael to stand up on your behalf and, and upon the bride's behalf. I preached. The last time I was here was Easter Sunday and I ministered. And, uh, and, and as I ministered then, I was telling you again um, about it's Easter, it's resurrection time. It is time, of course, for Michael to stand up. It's time for the angels return. And I want you to remember this as we look into this. We have had the angel of God in this day appear to a prophet of God, commission him, tell him he was to be a forerunner for the coming word or a message. That, and, and that message is Christ. And, and, and Brother Branham actually says this in spoken word is original seed. He said that, that as John the Baptist um, pointed to uh, Jesus Christ, the Lamb said, Behold the Lamb of God, so would this messenger do the same by, by pointing to, um, you know, the, a word-born bride. And, and so God is here manifests himself in, in, in his word in this day and hour, and we're in a very great battle. And so uh, as we look at this, never be afraid or never be um, uh, never think rather that you're not going to have a battle. We are in a battle and we're going to have a battle. Amen. And this battle will continue until we step out of this dimension into that heavenly dimension from this mortal into immortality. Now, when, when it, Brother Branham said when Eve, as she had the very filling of God's word in her hand, she could have took the word but he said, instead of tarrying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, she's let science prove to her that the Holy Ghost was only for the disciples. And instead of keeping divine healing going when she ought to be now raising the dead and doing great miracles, she's let Satan under his leadership of religious men take the word of God and try to say it's for another age, and she's believed it. And this has been happening very subtly, even in the message ranks. Because too often we are pointing back and just saying, you know, it was for another time. It was when miracles were happening and signs. And that was only to vindicate the word. And the word is more important than miracles. Let me tell you, any time doctrine comes, it must be accompanied by miracles. Amen. Jesus' doctrine was different from that of the Pharisees. And if we're going to have anything different from that of denominationalism, then we're going to have to have a gospel that works. And understand that, you know, Jesus' doctrine was different. In that, Jesus' doctrine, um, you know, was, was accompanied by signs and wonders. And there was an authority that went with the word. And if this message does not have signs and wonders with it even today, then it is just a worthless bunch of theology that will do nothing to change a life. And so we don't want to turn it into a powerless group of people whose only weapon is argument. 
and give us a better argument than the ages before. This is not a time for just having an argument. We must have a life. And so Brother Bannon went on to say in this quote from God of this evil age that I was just reading, he said, when the Bible said the things that I do shall you do also. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, and we're still creatures. And these signs shall follow every one of them that believe, and she denies every bit of it. She denies all the supernatural. And she swapped it for his intellectual conception of the Bible where priests and holy fathers and so-called were bishops and, and uh, archbishops and were district presbyters and general overseers and so forth has put their own interpretation there to it. And God has let them sit there dead as 12 o'clock. Now, you know, I, I, I just want to say that we, though, are a people of faith. Our hearts have been turned back to faith. That was the purpose of the message. It was to initiate the coming of the Lord Jesus. And, of course, it would come in, and there would be phases of that coming as it would come from word, a message, of, then from that message to flesh in the bride of people and get that people ready where they are manifesting that word of mature elect lady and then finally materialize into the literal return of Jesus Christ where we will meet him in the air. Now, and, and so um, because of this, we are people of faith. We've heard some wonderful sermons of faith and encouragement that has been preached here of late. We've heard sermons from Brother Joe Adams on he's able to do exceeding abundantly according to the power that works within you. Remember, he can only do it according to the power that works within you. The Holy Ghost has got to be in the church. It's got to be in you. And then we've heard from Brother Timothy on great subjects of, of great encouragement that we, uh, we have heard. Wednesday night was, of course, another masterpiece that we heard. And we also heard Brother Aaron's sermon from last Sunday of hold the line. You know, and, and, and just let me say it was more than any history lesson. It was a great word to us for us to hold our position in this hour. But, you know, we must be in the right position because no army, no general, no matter how great the army is, can hold a position unless it's the right position. And so, you know, we, we can have all the professions of faith, but faith must find a position. It's not just something that's aimlessly wandering around and, and, and floating from here to there, but it must have a resting place. It must have a firm foundation. And its position, it must have its position on the word of God. Let me tell you, feelings will cave. Symptoms will change minute by minute. But God's word never changes. Amen. And so Brother Branham talked about the great contest that we are going through and said, you know, I want to speak quickly upon the greatest contest that there is between the church and Satan, this great strength of Satan. And we want to speak of the great strength of God in his church. Now, this great contest has been going on for many years. 
It started in heaven. Satan was kicked out into the earth. Then he became the enemy of good, an enemy to God's people. Since then, he's used all his strength and his strategy to try to pull God's people across the fires into his fires. And he said, we, and we know who has the most power. God does. And God, when he gave his people, the best thing he could combat Satan with was his word. And now because the word is God, and who is stronger than God? So the word is God, and the word becomes our strength. God in the church becomes his strength um, uh, to pull Satan to his own fires that he has made. How many would like to pull Satan into his own fires? Amen. That the very, the very noose that he has made for us to hang us on. Amen. That Haman will be hung on and all his children. Amen. So, you know, the strength to pull Satan into his own fires. You know, again, there's got to be a strength in the church to cast Satan down from that heavenly position where he tries to hold the believers at because he doesn't belong in the heavens. But he's there because of man's fall. And so because of man's fall that Adam subjected himself to, to Satan and so Satan become the prince of the power of the air. And there he stands there in the heavenly places as the accuser of the brethren trying to keep us out of God's word of promise. And, and, and our position as believers. But you see, this is where the battle begins. It's a battle for heavenly places. And, and so we, we have been told, all right, you know, gird yourself. Put on the helmet of salvation. Put your, your killer shoes on, as Brother Timothy preached one time. And your shield of faith and your sword. And get ready to fight. Because you're going to have to fight for your position. To hold your position. As Brother Aaron was preaching, hold the line. Hold that position. When you know your position, when you know your calling, when you know where you've been placed, then you hold right there. You don't move. When circumstances change, when symptoms change, when your feelings change, amen, the Word of God never changes, so you hold your position in that Word. I am a believer, and I am believing not in my feelings, not in my symptoms. I am believing in what the Word of God said. So, again, the whole deal is now Satan is trying to pull us in his fire. But it's your job to hold your position and pull him into his own fire. The very fall from heaven that takes place in Revelation 12. Because when he falls, the bride goes up. Brother Branham tells us this, third seal, fourth seal, second seal. There's a a number of places in the seals. He says, Revelation 12, when when Satan is cast down, the bride goes up. So you see, but what is he coming to the earth for? He is coming to the earth to be plagued. For the vials of judgment to be poured out unto him. Amen. Amen. I mean, 
He is coming to the earth for his kingdom to be destroyed. Hallelujah. This is why he is falling. He is falling so the wrath of God can be poured upon him while his bride has escaped the tribulation that is coming. So you see, it is the church, God in the church becomes his strength to pull Satan into his own fires that he's made. And the tug goes on, and Jesus said in Mark 16, in my name they shall cast out devils. And all too often when it comes to the word of God, the Bible said, you know, you, when it comes to the word of God, now listen closely, the, when it comes to the Bible, it, become, it seems sometimes really impersonal to us. You know, we, uh, we agree the word of God is true. How many believes that? Amen. Amen. But it was written to someone else. Come on. For example, we read of the exploits of the faith of the patriarchs, the apostles, and the prophets. And we believe that every word spoken to them was as true as true as true can be, and that was God dealing personally with them. And we want God to speak personally to us. And we long to have the same experience so that God can become personal to us. And we would think it personal if God gave us a vision or we heard his voice And we would believe that God was speaking directly and personal to us. But however, most of the time when we read the Bible, we read it as if it's second-handed. It is a wonderful and inspiring letter, but it's written to somebody else. In other words, it was written to a generation, an age, or nation, or people, or, or someone else. It happened in another time, in another place. Even we're, if we're not careful, we do the same thing with the message that God spoke to this generation. And we apply it only to the prophet. How many times have I heard people scream out, oh, it's his third pull. It, it was his third pull. You know, they, they, this is his. It, it's his. And they don't realize that their pull was the opening of those seven seals, the revealing of the mysteries. And, and it was a sword that was given in his, to his hand. But it was not for him alone. It is for you Amen. and to your children. Amen. Amen. But now, it sometimes it seems like it is if God has spoken to a, a godly grandfather of ours and, you know, we, we knew he worked, walked circumspectly before God and, and, and we readily accept that was God's word to him. God spoke to him. And we would recount that and we would talk about it and talk reverently of it and believe it's to be the truth. But it's not God's word to us. It's God's word to him. God told my grandpa this. God told my grandpa that. You know, and it's all true. And what was said, we agree it was good. But 
second-handed. We relish in the truth that God spoke to our dear grandpa. But it was his experience. And it was God's word to him. And often this is how we read the Bible. It's God's word. And we agree and we acknowledge that it is absolutely the truth. We'll stand right here and say, it's true from Genesis to Revelation. It's absolutely every word of God. Thus saith the Lord. God spoke it. And we give a mental assent to it that it is true. But it's not personal. It is a word that is spoken to someone else or to another generation. A generation past. We agree that the Bible is a revelation of truth that came from God. Like I said, we believe every word of it is the truth. But when crisis comes, it just don't work. You know, we, we simply are recognizing the truthfulness of what that marvelous book, but we're not acting on it. We, we're recognizing God did that, and we would, my goodness, we would die for that. Yes, sir, I believe that. But we're not acting on it. Because even though we're recognizing the truth of this marvelous word and how precious it is and God spoke and God revealed himself and God did this, it was to them and not us. Now, let me bring it down to you because there are many great wonderful grandfathers of this truth. Abraham was, wonder, was one of them. He was, he was a wonderful grandfather of faith. We call him the father of faith. It's often referred to that. We believe that God spoke to him. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. We enjoy reading about how God revealed himself to Abraham. Right. Amen. Amen. We enjoy recounting the stories. We sometimes even react emotionally to it. And yet, it was God's word to Abraham. And we long for some revelation like Abraham had. Shamgar was a person like most of us. He dealt time after time with the pain of being robbed by intruders. He agreed that God spoke to his forefathers. He believed it with all his heart. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He was a full-fledged Israelite. He was a person who had the word of God that he could look back upon. And day after day, he waited and longed and prayed for God to speak to him as he had spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, God, if you would just speak to me. God, if you would just reveal yourself to me. 
word of God to Abraham, to Shamgar, it was true. Shamgar believed it. But it wasn't personal. You know, it was something spoken to Abraham. For, for Shamgar, it was a word of the past. And was without life and was without power. Because it was only second hand. Amen. He treated it with respect. If he could have had a copy of it in his tent or in his little hut of his home, he would have regarded that and held it close to his heart and believed it. But it was a word of, the, of it was a word for an age past. It was to Abraham. But one day. Shemgar realized the word that was spoken to Abraham was not only spoken to Abraham, but to Abraham and his seed. And the word rang out to him, and the word became personal. He didn't see a vision. He wasn't smitten on the head by an angel. He didn't have a certain feeling. Amen. Amen. All what happened was is the word became personal to him. And it was no longer Abraham's word alone. But now he could see himself in it because he said, And to Abraham and his seed, thou shalt possess the gates of thine enemy. Amen. Now, Thy seed shall possess the gates of thine enemies. He realized then that as seed of Abraham, that the word was his personally. And then he went into action. He didn't wait. The moment he saw the word was not for Abraham only, but for him also. And he took the position of being Abraham's seed. Now, he always was Abraham's seed. But he had to take the position of being Abraham's seed. And by being Abraham's seed, I am of the covenant. And because I am a covenant I, with God, I am I'm a circumcised, I'm a child of Abraham. I, I have of a, the right to the inheritance from him. Therefore, that enemy, the gates of my enemies, I can possess it. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. If you can just take, think of seeing him for a moment. He then took his ox goad and he struck down 600 of his enemies. Why? Because the word, the Bible became personal. Can I say to you, the written word became personal. It was no longer Abraham's word alone, but now it was his word. Now, this is what Joshua did. He wasn't trying to take Moses' place. He wasn't and standing there and saying, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, now I'm going to take a, a Moses' place. I'm, I'm now the, the great prophet. He wasn't doing that. He just, he, you know, let me just say today, nobody can take the seventh angel's place. Right. Right. Amen. We, but we should know the message wasn't for Brother Branham alone. 
Amen. It is our message. And we have been handed the king's sword. Amen. We have been given a word, a message. And it's not for decoration, but to use against the enemy. Now, Galatians 3.29. Let's look at this together, if you will. Galatians 3.29. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So now, if you are Christ, how many have been born of Christ? Amen. You belong to Jesus. Come on. Amen. You're tracing back your lineage right now. You're looking right there. Then that means everything that was given to Abraham's seed is also given to you. Because if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. The promise makes you an heir. That means it makes the word of God not grandpa's story, but it makes God's word your story. It becomes your testimony. It becomes God's word to you. So that means that the word spoken and given to Abraham and his seed now belongs to us through Christ. Therefore, any word that was given to the prophets and the apostles of old belonged to us as the heirs of the promise. Every word. So now, all of a sudden, we've opened up a whole, a whole book written personally. You wanted something personal? Here it is. Believers today, you wanted something personal? God sent you a message. He has anointed you. Amen. He has established you. He has called you. He has ordained you. He has placed you for this hour and this time. And he gave you a message. It is personal. It must be personal. So when he said, these signs shall follow them that believe, that's personal. If he says, the works that I do shall you do also, that's personal. And this means that any word that is given to the apostles or prophets of old belong to us as the heirs of the promise. And this means whether Jeremiah or Isaiah or Ezekiel or Matthew or Mark or Luke or John or Paul or Peter, uh, whether it was a word that came to them and they spoke it, it's as much mine as it was theirs. For example, we're going to read from the Bible, speaking to Jeremiah, and we think, oh, what a wonderful word it is. Jeremiah 29.10. For thus saith the Lord. Well, that's starting off pretty good, ain't it? We will all agree now this is a word spoken by God. It is the truth. 
that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray to me and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me. And when you shall search for me with all your heart, And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whether I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place where I caused you to be carried away captive. How many would agree this is a wonderful word of God? It is the word. It is thus saith the Lord. We agree that it is the truth and a wonderful word from God, but this word must be personal. Even though we mentally agree that it is a wonderful word, we can look at it and we can say, but it's to Israel. They were down in Babylonian captivity. They were down there, and it was now 70 years. God said, I'll bring you out. And now the time, well, you know, was there. And now, you know, uh, it was all the, this word that he was going to bring them back into their inheritance and back into their place. And, and, and too often, Christianity as a whole have put their finger on scriptures like that, and they only have a historical significance. They were great words of God, and they were fulfilled, and they move on. And we look back. Well, God kept his word to them and, and whatever, and mentally agree. We agree that it's a wonderful word. God indeed kept his word to Israel and returned them back into their their place, into their homeland. And yet, for all too often, it's only history. Yet it's a wonderful history. But it's of no real value until it becomes your word from God. Not just something that was only spoken to Israel. Now, how can this happen that a word that is spoken to a generation past can be for me today? How is this possible? It comes by recognizing if we are Christ, then we are Abraham's seed, and we are also heirs according to the promise. So then when we read this scripture that we we position ourselves in Christ, Recognizing ourselves as seed, his seed, by the new birth. Amen. And, and as the seed of Christ, the word that was spoken to Abraham's natural seed applies now even more to you Amen. than it did to them. Now, why is that? Why would it mean more? Look like to me the first application would mean the most. It because the first application was only foreshadowing and typing and speaking of another generation to come to whom this word would be real to. And so they're only acting. 
acting out in type what is going to be done from when it moves from negative to positive. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, my, may this be a moment today of realization to you. So suddenly it is quickened to you as a personal word from God. Amen. Amen. That the word becomes something that is not only written to a generation of some thousands of years ago, but a revelation of the will and the purpose of God to you. Amen. What does he say? I will visit you. Well, I'll tell you, if I were you this morning, I'd get ready for a visitation. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Healing has been pronounced over you. Amen. Deliverance has been passed, pronounced over you. A rapture has been pronounced over you. Amen. Like the two women that came to Brother Branham's meeting, and, they, and there they, they, were, they were told, you know, what the problem was. One had a quarter, the other, the other had a... Um, uh, a stomach issue. And, and so they, they, they were told, you know, you know, go eat your supper. You know, go, go, go your way. You know, God, is, God has healed you. Now, many times people look at that and they say, well, if it didn't happen immediately, God didn't do it. Let me tell you, it already happened before the vision. The vision only was telling what Christ did at Calvary. Amen. Because way back then, he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquity. Oh, may this be a personal word to you today. Amen. This is not just a historical recount of what happened to Jesus. It is your lamb. It is your sacrifice. It is your provision. It is your redemption. Now, he said, I will perform, I will visit you. Now, these women, they went home, they felt no different. Things was no different, but the word had been spoken. Amen. The symptoms didn't get better. In fact, they got even worse. But they kept testifying. But that man never knew me. That was that, that he, he told me what my condition was. He told me what my name was and, and, my, and where I lived and all these other things. And I know it was the truth. And then and, and some would say, would, would say to them, but, you know, just give up on it. You know, it's a, it, you just got worked up. Um, you know, it is not going to happen. You're, you're even bringing a, 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 a disgrace on the name of Christ. And they stood right there firm. And he said it was several weeks later. Said the angel of God was passing by the neighborhood. And the woman got up in the morning and she, she began to eat her, her the leftover toast and, 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 and oatmeal for, that her children, she'd made for her children. And that would just burn her stomach. But she, you know, just kind of felt hungry and she just, you know, grabbed it and said, God has healed me and I'm taking him out of his word. And she just began to eat and her stomach never burned. She ate more and it never burned. She ate more and it never burned. 
So she got all excited and went to running over to her neighbor's house. And, and she gets over there and she's up shaking the sheets and everywhere because the, the gorder tumor had left her body and she was healed. And Brother Brandon said, what was it? The angel of God was passing through the neighborhood. Amen. Why? Because somebody refused to give up on the word of God. Hallelujah. And the angel, when he came by, he found them still believing. I want you today, I want that to be your position. Oh, where you're holding the line, you're still believing the word of promise. No matter what your symptoms look like, no matter how worse your feelings are, you believe what God's word said and you declare it to be the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you won't have your bad feelings. I'm not saying you won't have your symptoms. I'm not saying you got to deny what the doctor says. I am saying you got to say what God's word said. So as a seed of Christ, this word must become more personal to you. You must look at it. I will visit you. I will perform my good word to you. I will cause you to return to this place. Hallelujah. I will visit you. You return to this place. Now this place for you today may be good health. Amen. Or it could be the joy of your salvation. Or wherever you need to return. Come on. Amen. For the church, Brother William Branham said, the place was Pentecost. In the message desperation, he said that it will cause him to return to this place. He said, back to Pentecost. Understand this is where the church has returned. And God has said, I will cause you to return back to Pentecost again. Not to Azusa Street, back to the book of Acts. Back to the word in action again. Back to the Holy Ghost in the church, living in the church, acting in the church. Amen. With faith, believe in the word of promise. That's the place we have been returned. Amen. Come on now. I want you to get ready for your blessing. I want you to get ready for the angel passing by. Because he's coming through the land. So how do you know, Brother Jim? Because we're in a crisis. Amen. And any time there's a crisis, listen, you want miracles, but you can't have miracles without a crisis. Amen. But it's in the time of crisis that miracles happen. And you may be in a crisis this morning, but stand there in your position as a son of God. That the word is nigh me, even in my mouth. It's the word of faith that we preach. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. It is there for you to take, confess, and stand upon and hold the line. It's the position. Now, and as far as that, let me just give you a word of encouragement. Your church may be... Like Brother Benham said, it's dead as 12 o'clock. But I want you to know we've got a word of promise today that it's not going to remain that way. 
Maybe your church ain't in revival, but I'll tell you, you can have a revival and you can be the revival. When you realize the word is spoke personally to you, if we, if we just look at it for a moment, uh, that, uh, that I, I will visit you. Amen. After your return from Babylon, amen, I will turn away your captivity. Let me, let me just look there at verse 10. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. Well, our time hasn't been 70 years down in Babylon. It's been for seven church ages. Hallelujah. But after, after the church ages is all over and Babylon has carried the church into captivity and there's been trouble and, and people have forgot God and, and faith is at a low ebb. Amen. And it looks like it ain't going to happen. Let me give you a word of promise. After seven church ages be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. And I want you to know God has visited this generation and he's still here visiting his people. He's still passing through the land. He's looking for somebody with faith that will believe him. I will visit you and I will perform my good word towards you. Hallelujah. You've asked for healing. You cried for healing. You asked for your children. You cried for your children. Amen. You've been, you've been in misery. You've been in captivity. You've been, you've been haunted. You've been troubled on every hand. Strife has been there. You've been carried away. You, you, you're, you're depressed. You don't feel good. Or whatever it is, let me tell you, I will perform my good word toward you. Amen. I'm God and I keep my word. I watch over it day and night. I'll not leave a jot or a tittle to fall to the ground. I'll keep every word of promise. And we're at the end of the ages. Hallelujah. Daniel began to read by books, the search by the books. He began to look in the scriptures. You know, people are looking to see where the virus is. They're looking to see what Brother Branham said about plagues. They're looking to see what Brother Branham said about trouble. I'm not looking in the air to see what Brother Branham said about plagues. I'm escaping the tribulation. I know at the feast of the trumpet, it was, it was answered. And the question was answered, we'll not go through that time. Hallelujah. I'm not looking in the message to see and search out about virus and plagues and flu and other pandemics of the past. That's not what I'm looking in the message. I'm looking for the appearing of the angel of the Lord. Amen. I am looking for his presence of him performing my good work toward you in causing you to return to this place, to come back to Pentecost, to come back to the original word, to come back to the power of God, to come back to something more than mechanics, but to have the dynamics with it. I hear a prophet see you coming and he warns the devil, Satan, you be careful because there's a people on the, on the rise. They're 
there's an army on the rise. There are people that are headed back to their promised land, and they're not going to leave a hook behind. Their little ones are going. Their young ones are going. Amen. Their husbands, their wives, their children, they're all going. And we'll have divine healing there. And we'll have the Holy Ghost there. And we'll have the gifts of the Spirit there. And we'll have every promise of God. And there will not be a barren one among us. In that land, in that land, there is healing. In that land, there is miracles. In that land, there is milk and honey. In that land, there is joy. Unspeakable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will perform my good word. I will visit you. Evening light, get ready for the visitation. Hallelujah. Yeah, he revealed itself to Abraham and told about Sodom and the sins of it and the Sodomites and, and the call out of the church and, and the separation between the church and the bride and the revealing of the mysteries. But this time he comes to give you strength. This time he comes to perform his good word to you. I will visit you and I will perform my good word toward you in causing you to return. You say, but I've been sick too long. No, you've not been sick too long. You say, my case is too hard. No, your case isn't too hard. This is the word of the Lord. I will cause you. I will cause my church to be neither barren or unfruitful. I will cause her to have joy again. Amen. When she was down in Babylon, she couldn't sing the songs of victory. The psalm said of those in Babylonian captivity, I've hung my harp on a willow tree. I can't sing the songs of Zion in a foreign land. But we're not in a foreign land. We have been returned back to the land of promise. Hallelujah. Take your heart down today off the willow tree. Sing the old songs again. And even sing new songs. Because when the book was open, the seals were open. They sang a new song. I will perform my good word toward you. I will cause you. I quote it again. Desperation. Brother Branham reads this for his sermon. Desperation. Everybody's preaching. Everybody's crying out. Oh, we got to get under the blood. Oh, you know, it's a time like Israel was. It's a time of social distancing and everybody's in their little on their little homes and the token must be applied. And we have this token. It's going to keep us from any trouble. But how many are looking at desperations as Brother Branham did? And in desperations, he reads this scripture. In this desperate hour, he will return you back to this place where you left, where the church left when it went on wandering 
as it was in the, in, in the, in the ages like wandering in the wilderness. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Don't get nervous. Don't get afraid of this. Amen. Listen, the thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Amen. What is our expected end? To return to the place. To return to the word. To return to the full promise. Then you will call on me and you shall pray unto me and I will hearken to you. Let me tell you, according to this word this morning, God's listening like he never has. If you look at the seventh seal, when the seventh seal is open, breaking the silence, what happened? The prayers, the incense is poured out upon the altar, which are the prayers of the saints, and they are accepted before God. This is not a time where God is not hearing prayers. This is a time where God is now receiving those prayers. Can I say things that have been on hold for a long time? Children that have been straying a long time. Amen. Those that have been sick a long time. Those who have been discouraged a long time. But you see, it's no longer the time of holding it back. It's the time of answering. Amen. Amen. Where the prayers of his coming and the fulfilling of his word and putting the bride back in her position so she can take a rapture is now here upon us. I'm going to listen to you. You got my ear. Go ahead. What have you been wanting to say? What prayers have you been praying and it ain't been answered? What seems to have been on hold for years and years? It ain't on hold no more. I feel the Holy Spirit sweep over me. It ain't on hold no more. Amen. The prayers are being answered. Then you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken to you. And ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Hallelujah. With all your heart. Oh, if the people would just love me. I'm not wanting rules and regulations and all of that. I just want somebody to love me with all their heart. When you seek me, when you make that, and I want to say, let this be a little reprieve. Let this be a little quiet time to realize again, it's not just about gathering together. It's not about who has the biggest church in the message. It ain't about having the most members. It ain't even about having those who shout the most. Amen. No, sir, this is not what it's all about. God is making you realize there's got to be a people. Serve me. Love me. Search for me with all their heart. 
walk one cage and go like that. Most people have lost much more, 50, 60, 70,000 dollars just going like that. Others, are, you know, and, and some say, well, I was smart. I dumped all of mine. I made a lot of money. <laughs> and if things don't change around real quickly, your money ain't going to be worth a nothing. I've been in Uganda where you took suitcases full of money to pay a night's hotel bill. $1,000 bills. $1,000 bills. I don't know, shillings, whatever they call it. Your money. Gone. Your job. Gone. Like that. All, all the comforts gone. Just like that. It could happen in an instant. What's God doing right now? Making you realize what is valuable. Making you realize what you need to be seeking for with all your heart. And when you shall seek me and find, you shall seek me and find me. I love those words. You're going to seek me, but you're going to find me. It's not an empty search. You're not going to come up empty handed. Amen. You're going to find him. Look, and when you shall search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. The devil's had you captured with cancer. The devil's had you captured with with a brain bleed. The devil's had you captured with barrenness. The devil's had you captured with with every kind of autoimmune disease that crops up in this age. And we're finding about diseases we ain't never heard of in our life. Amen. But God said, I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you into the place where I caused you to be carried away captive. I'm going to bring you back to the homeland. I'm going to bring you back to a personal word. I'm going to bring you back to a personal God. Now, you see, it's the word. And like I said, we agree it's the word. But it's got to be that moment of realization to you. And quicken that it's God's personal word to you. You see... Uh, again, he said, I know the thoughts that I think of you, and they are of peace. And not of evil to bring you to this expected end of returning to the place that you have longed for. How many have been longing for a position to be back established in a certain place? You ask all the time, many of you do, for a closer walk with God. What are you asking to be positioned in favor? <laughs> Today, this is not just a word to the Jewish people of 2,000 or 2,500 years ago. It's as true to you today as it was to them. In fact, if it's possible, it's even more true to you 
Amen. For because they were a shadow that foretold the reality that is revealed to you today. I want you, I want you today, from this moment on, start taking another look at the word. It's more than Abraham's story. Amen. It's more than Joshua stopping the sun. It's you stopping the enemy. It's you defeating your enemy. It's you standing on the promise. And when you read it, read it personally. He would speak. And I don't have the reference in front of me, but he would let us know God's angel is to lead. And I want you to understand the angel of the Lord has not left us. He just went before us. Amen. Because many are thinking the pillar of fire is gone. The angel of God is forgotten. The angel of God has went before us. Hallelujah. Amen. He is the way maker. He's preparing the way. He's the ever present water from the rock. Hallelujah. In your driest moment when it looks all stone, he's the stone that gives the water. Hallelujah. When it looks like all your waters are bitter, he is the tree that makes it sweet. And when you're hungry and you don't know what, where, you know, where, where the provision is, he's the one who rains down manna. Amen. The angel of God is there. He is there to lead his children all the way. We have not been abandoned. We have not been forgotten. But rather he has prepared and opened up the way. He has opened up the way for your next victory. Amen. He has opened up the way for you to be successful in this next battle or the battle you're in. Listen to what he said to them. And I want you to remember, you are the one he's talking to. This is God's word personally to you. And you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. No woman in your land will miscarry or be barren. I will fulfill the number of your days. And I will send my terror ahead of you. And throw confusion into every nation that you encounter. And I will make all your enemies turn and run. Did you hear the word of the Lord? This is God's word to you. I will make your enemy to turn and run. Don't you give up right now. Your enemy is just on the verge of running. Hallelujah. Don't you stop on that promise right now. Don't give up on it. The enemy is just about to turn and run. Hallelujah. No woman shall be barren in your land. And I will fulfill the numbers of your day. And I'll send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation that you encounter. The angel is here. 
He said, it's my battle. He says, it's my battle. I'm here. I'm leading you. I'm preparing the way. I'm the way maker. I'm the promise keeper. I'm the light in your darkness. I'm your God. And I change not. And Jesus never fails. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. Listen, listen, let me try to get some of this. And, uh, and, and, and as always, I'm starting to run out of time. But listen, let me, let me tell you, God and his word are inseparable. Amen. Amen. God and his way is his word and his word is God. This is God in print form. This is the voice of God in print form. And if I can get it, it's not just the voice of God to another generation. It's God's voice to you. It's your love letter. And he shows you, I did it here and I did it there and I did it here and I did it there. And I was only showing you what I'm doing now. I rolled away the stone and there was a resurrected Christ then. There's going to be an anointed one in this last day, also a resurrected people. And the angel is set on the stone to make sure that nobody ever puts the stone back on. Because you're not going to seal this bride away in some denominational tomb and ism of man and unbelief again. No, sir. She is a woman of faith. She's called a faith woman. God's written word is no less than God himself. I may captivate this or capitalize on this again. But Brother Branham says in the infallible word of God, he said, you can't rest your faith as I say, upon just anything, you've got to have some basic fact. And the reason I rest my faith upon this word is because I believe it to be the word of God. And then if it's God, if it is the word of God, it is God himself in word form. Hold up your Bible right now. And I want you to say, this is the word of God. And it is God himself in word form. It is just as powerful and has just as much life in it as when it rolled off his lips if it was 2,000 years ago or 10 million years ago. His word still holds the stars in place. Though it was spoke in the beginning and said, let there be And it's that word has held them and is just as powerful today as it was then. It hasn't changed. And that word today is still right over you. It's just as powerful today as it was then. He said, and then if that is God himself and no man is any better than his word. I'll write you a declaration here of something that I'll do now. I'm no better than my word, than that word is. And the word is part of me. It's my word. And if this is God's wicked written word, it can be no less than God himself because he's obligated to his word. Amen. Now, I, you know, we, we, we're just going to, Go from that because, and I'm going to skip down because we're just running out of time now. But I want to remind you, 
When the angel of God came to Mary and spoke about the forerunner coming, which was John, who would be born of, of her cousin Elizabeth. And he said, you know, he said here, when he told her that, said, nothing, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. So I want you to know there is a word attached to the message of the forerunner. And that is with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now with, with Elizabeth, she was past childbearing. Amen. It was impossible as far as men was concerned. Amen. With Israel, she was a barren woman too to bring forth the Messiah. And she looked like it would never happen. Amen. We, we're looking out today and we see a church that has been barren looking for the coming of the Lord for 2,000 years for the promised son to appear. But I want to remind you with God, nothing shall be impossible. And this is the word that is spoken when he sends a forerunner. I'm going to establish you back on the word because with God, nothing shall be impossible. Let me read another translation. Not one promise from God is empty of power. For nothing is impossible with God. Let me read that again. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Take that, devil. Amen. We got a whole word. We got a whole arsenal full. Amen. We got every precious promise that makes us partakers of his divine nature. Hallelujah. And not one promise of God is empty of power for nothing is impossible with God. Another version says, for no word of God shall be void of power. The Amplified says, for with God nothing is or ever shall be impossible. Again, another Amplified version says, the complete version said, for with God nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Now God is honest. Come on. Amen. God is honest. God's going to keep his word. Amen. The Bible said that he is not a man. This is number 23 and 19. 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. But he has said, shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken it? And shall it not be made good? So here again, if God said it, amen, if he's spoken it, won't he make it good? Because he's not a man that he has to repent. He doesn't put it out and say, oh, well, circumstances change, so now it's not going to happen. When God says it, it's going to happen. Amen. He is not a man that he should lie. When he says something, it's going to happen. Amen. Again, it says in 1 Kings 8.56, there is not one word, one word, there is not failed one word of all his good promise. Somebody with me? Amen. There has not failed one word 
of all his good promise. It says in Psalms 188, 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Brother Branham would say, we argue about it here, but up there it's settled. Amen. Amen. He says, I will hasten my word to perform it. And that word hasten means to watch over, to look after, to protect, to stand behind. Amen. In all his unlimited power, God is standing behind his word to accomplish it. Do you believe that? You must confess that. There is no reason to doubt God. Hallelujah. I want you to look at your circumstance right now and say, I got reason to doubt that circumstance. But I have no reason to doubt God. Not one word of his promise ever failed. F.F. Bosworth said, don't doubt God. If you must doubt something, doubt your doubts. Because they're unreliable. But never doubt God or his word. Amen. I think that's good instructions today. D.L. Moody said, if there's any reason why, is there any reason why you should not have faith in God? Has God ever broke one of his promises? He said, I defy any infidel or unbeliever to place a finger on a single promise God ever made and failed to fulfill. Satan is a liar. Amen. Jesus said so. And I can open my Bible right now and show you how for 6,000 years, Satan has lied to God's people. Circumstances always lied. Symptoms lied. Come on. Oh, yeah. Satan has lied. But God has never lied. The devil has denied God's promise. And he'll, he'll, he'll promise you anything. But the devil had never kept any of his promises. Amen. That's why we need to determine whatever Jesus told us to do as his followers, we're going to do it. Whatever he said we, he would do, we should expect him to do it. Because he never lies. We should act upon his written word just as the prophets of God acted upon his spoken word in the Bible. Amen. We should do like the disciples did of our Lord. If he said we could heal the sick, we should expect the sick to be healed. If he said we could cast out devils, we should do it in his name and expect the devil to obey us. We found that true. Amen. We remember a youth camp. What was it? Over 10 demonic demonstrations of the devil. And every one of them had to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. I want to say it's wonderful to have a gospel that works. We have witnessed the restoring of the sight to the blind. When God healed my wife and restored her sight. And I'll just tell you, he'll do it again. You say, Brother Tim, the the healing didn't last. We had a victory for five years. Amen. What do you think it doesn't last? We've had five years of victory. 
And you know, Israel would have victory and be in their promised land, and they would defeat the, the Philistines. And here, a few years later, here they come back again and invade again. Can you say, well, that wasn't a victory? No, you can't say that wasn't a victory. No, that was a victory. Amen. But now we are faced with another crisis, and there's another victory. and we'll draw strength from this victory and say, God, I'll do it again. That there's nothing too hard for our God. He's the resurrection and the life. Though you were dead, yet shall you live. Hallelujah. We witness the healing of the crippled when little Drew walked. We witnessed the sick and diseased when Brother Gary Stanky lay in there at the point of death. Demons been howling at him, screaming at him, distressing him. And we went in there with a purpose. That's why this church is built. It's a memorial that God heals. It was built on the fact that God heals. That day in that room, God gave us a mandate. And we saw miracle after miracle after miracle of God's provision. Hallelujah. So what if you never use it again? Well, what difference does that make? It will stand as a stark testimony that God is a provider. Because I have you to know when the rapture takes place, I hope it's mostly empty. Don't any of you show up here. Show up there. When little Jude Oglesby was healed, when Mariah Pruitt, when Alana Butts was healed, and we can rejoice today in the truth of Jesus' word, all things are possible. To them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick. Everywhere in the gospel, in the book of Acts, believers laid hands on the sick. But you know what we've done is we, in the message, we have started putting too much. And I even hear them today. I heard a group of ministers, and God bless them. And brothers, if you hear this, I don't mean to criticize you. I don't even know these brothers, but they, somebody sent me a link, and they, they said, well, you know, you know what, what, what we need is not, not the Holy Ghost. We, we don't need that. What we need is we, we, we need more teaching. And I said, more teaching? We got to have more mechanics? What more teaching do we need? We've got 1,100 tapes of teaching. we made theologians out of all, all the preachers. We've studied it and quoted it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. We've got the mechanics. Brother Bradham said it back then. He said, we have put too much stress on the mechanics and nothing on the dynamics. Yeah, right. That's right. 
Smith Wigglesworth, David Dexter shared this quotation. Some of you may have read it already, but there was once a boat in the mouth of the Amazon River. The people on board thought they were still in the ocean. They were dying of thirst, and some of them were nearly mad. They saw a ship, and they asked them, would you just give us some water? Someone in the ship said, just dip your bucket right over. You're in the mouth of the river. Hallelujah. And he went on to say there are a number of people today in the middle of the river of life, but they're dying of thirst because they do not dip down and take from the river. And dear friend, you may have the word, but you need an awakened spirit. The word is not alive until it's moved upon by the spirit of God in the right sense, and it becomes spirit and life when it's touched by his hand alone. So we need to say, God, awaken my spirit to the truth of the word, where I dip into it and drink. I have been starving for visitation. I've sent you a message. Got your whole Bible. I will visit you. I'll return you to this place, a place where the written word becomes real. Where the written word becomes yours. Where it becomes personal. Are you with me? Amen. You know, again, I, you know, it's time we dip down into the river of God's blessings and start drinking. We're not out on the sea. We're not in Babylon. We're not adrift and afloat out there. We have returned to the land. And the waters, the rivers of milk and honey. Amen. Amen. Now, as I try to bring this down to close, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna bring it, bring it down to you just for a moment. When you, as the sick, learn to base your faith on the Word of God exclusively. That's when you will have won the victory. Too many times people are waiting for a special moment, a special prayer line, a special touch, a special preacher. And that's where their faith is laying. And if it doesn't happen under that preacher, they find someone that maybe has a little more faith or preaches a little more dynamic or somebody that has a few more miracles and hope that in his line they'll get it. I want to go back and bring this to a close, and we'll be out by 1.30. But you remember Sister Lana's healing of cancer. God quickened the scripture to me. I didn't write her every day. I didn't, I didn't write her very often, really. I just tried to give her a word of encouragement when I felt like it, but God inspired the scripture to me one morning. And I sent it to her with these words. I said, you're continually in our prayers. Daily and through the night. And that's true. Even this morning and for the last few mornings, I've been up at three in the morning talking it over with him. Talking to him about you, your needs, your situation. You that are sick. He said I would seek him 
and I would find him. And I said, there's not a day that we neglect to pray for you so that your faith be lifted so that the healing angel of the Holy Ghost can sweep over you with his healing touch responding to your faith. We know faith is a gift of God that each of us possess. It is his faith. We are rising to the occasion with you. And God is not on your side. You are on his side. And the battle is not ours. It is the Lord's. And I, and I sent her 2 Chronicles 20, 15. And he said, hearken unto ye all Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you. Be not afraid nor dismayed by the reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And this became a double witness by Sister Mary Catherine. Mail her the same scripture to, to come to her home on that same day. And Sister Lana took that scripture that was written to her great, 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 great grandfather Jehoshaphat. Amen. That she would always say, yeah, it's true, and that's right, and yeah, God did that, and God answered, and God did, and God that. But that day, it became personal. The written word, the written word became alive to her. She began to accept that as her own and said, Lord, if the battle is not mine but yours, then you're going to have to do something supernatural. And she began to expect for something supernatural. That day sitting right back there in the mezzanine as I preached on the revealing of sons, what was that, February 18th, 2018, I think, I was preaching that Bible days are here again. Now listen, what was it? Why were we preaching? Why has Brother Timothy been preaching what he's preaching? Brother Joe preached, Brother Aaron preached. Why are we preaching the way we're preaching? Because we're in a crisis. And I'm not just talking about COVID-19. We've been in a crisis before then. Amen. Even in your home, even in your family, you may be in a crisis. Right now in my home, I'm in a crisis. So why do I preach like I'm preaching? Because, because in the crisis, I'm looking for the angel. I know the crisis is here. Don't tell me about the crisis and how bad the crisis is and how impossible it looks. I'm looking there to see the angel. I'm looking there to see him anoint the scripture, make it alive. I was preaching the Bible days are here again. That we had a Bible Jesus doing Bible signs and Bible wonders and Bible works. And that God was doing extreme things. And I want to give you a word again this morning. God is doing some extreme things. Shall I prophesy it? God is doing extreme things right now. 
I speak that in his name. And we began to worship God. We began to sing glory to his name. What have I to dread? What have I to fear leaning on the everlasting arms? And as we did, the word that was spoke to her went into action. Put it back, 2 Chronicles 20, 15. Thus saith the Lord to you. Is anybody willing, ready to take thus saith the Lord to you this morning? Can it be something more than to your great, 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 great grandfather? A nice word spoke to him and it worked back there. Can it not be personal to you today? Thus saith the Lord. Have you ever seen thus saith the Lord ever fail? Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Don't be afraid. And we begin to sing, what have I to dread? What have I to fear? I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. And when, and hear these very words, Maybe she didn't think of them at the moment. But this was her scripture that had come alive to her. That God's going to do something supernatural. Amen. And in that moment there, in that very supernatural moment, you know where she heard of a Bible that works, a Bible day, a Bible God, a Bible in action. Amen. Oh, she began to hear those very things now echoed in a song, you know, that, that we're saying here, don't be afraid, be not afraid nor dismayed by the reason of the multitude of all the doctor's reports, by the multitude of your symptoms, by how you feel today, by the circumstances around you. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. And at that, she jumped up and put her faith into action. Amen. And she ran twice around that building. You know, you saw it. A lot of people that saw it didn't know what it even meant. Can't believe it. But there were people here that day that it just, you know, that just turned and went away. After seeing it all happen. And that's what Jesus said. Some will not believe the one raised from the dead. But anyway, nevertheless, she took that as her own and it became quickened to her. Be not dismayed by the reason of this multitude. And I want to say, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed at all what the doctor says or how you're feeling today. Have you had a multitude of bad news? She had had a multitude of bad news. She didn't have no good news. She was getting weaker by the day, thinner by the day. Come on. But she had heard the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen. Amen. 
And she jumped up from there and acted on it and ran around this. Amen. Showing the devil, I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to dread. And she proclaimed her healing right there. Amen. And right there, as, as she, she did, you remember I said, you just seen Miriam dance because her enemy is dead. Hallelujah. Why? Because when you begin to act upon the word, you will have the word prophesied back to you. Hallelujah. Your enemy is dead. Do you know, after she went back to her seat back there, she still had the cough. She still had weakness. She still went on to the doctor the next day for a scan. And discovered her cancer was gone. It was dead. Totally gone. God had fought her battle. Amen. But did you know it took some time for her feelings to catch up with what with God's word? It took some time for her strength to catch up with God's word. Come on. It took some time. It took some time for her symptoms to catch up with God's word. But the devil was gone. Amen. And when you realize God's word is true and that he can't lie, then it becomes true to you that nothing in the realm of feeling can ever separate you from the love of God and from the word of God. Again, I hear the skeptics say, and I'm closing, bring your musicians. It'll remind me to quit. I hear the skeptics and the critics say, Brother Tim, this healing for Sister Karen is not real because it didn't last. Well, like I said, thank you very much. We've had five years of wonderful victory. But it's, like, but it's just like telling me that God didn't deliver Israel from the Philistines. And you didn't win any war because they've invaded again. Well, let me tell you, they're going to get the same sauce again. Because we're not letting them take the land. The battle is the Lord's. The word of God is against you, Satan. You got to realize in your case where you're at this morning, the word of God is against the devil. The word of God is on your side. Go ahead and proclaim it. The battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Go, go ahead and, and proclaim it and put your faith on the word of God because, you know, that, that, that again, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's the realities. It's the confidence that God's word is true. How do I know I'm healed? I was prayed for and I don't feel no different. How do I know I'm healed? Well, because God said, if we lay a hand on the sick, they shall recover. And God don't lie. God said, whatever we ask in his name, I'm going to do it. And he don't lie. He don't go back on his promise. He's not a man that he has to repent. Let me just tell you today, take your position in the word. 
in order to defeat the devil, you got to start by positioning yourself. I am a son of God. And the devil has no right to this temple. He has no right to my family. He has no right to me. I'm seed of Abraham. And every promise in this word is mine. And I'm going to claim it. Because every promise in the book is mine. Let your spirit be awakened this morning. And dip into the water. Reach down there. It's fresh. (laughs) It's not some salty seawater of some denominational affair. It's the fresh water from the rock. Amen. And it's flowed right out. And it's right there to you. It's the river of life. Take it and accept it this morning. And say it's mine. Jesus is mine. Let me pray for you. And then I want them to sing that song. You can get it out. Somebody somebody can. Jesus is mine. The one we've been singing. Jessica sang it with the choir. Jesus is mine. Will you stand with me? Will you get ready for your blessing right now? Will you get ready right now for your healing? Will you get ready for your awakening? I'm screaming out to you. You're in the river. Dip. You don't have to starve anymore. You don't have to, you don't have to worry anymore. You don't, you, you don't have to be afraid to drink. It's water of life. Dip. Have faith to dip right down into that promise right now for your need. Let there be awakening in your life. Thus saith the Lord, I'll perform my good word to you. I'm going to return you to this place. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. They are peace and not of evil to bring you into this place. I'm telling you, you are in the time of Jubilee. The blessings are overflowing. The trumpet is sounding to you. Throw down your hoe. Walk in victory right now. Right now. I want you to put it on your heart. Whatever it is. It's my children. It's my health. It's my daughter. It's my son. It's the crisis in my family. The angel's looking for somebody who's going to believe. Right now, Lord, the gospel trumpet has went out and it's waked me. It's shook me up. It's made me realize this ain't some grandpa's word. This is mine. I shall possess the gate of my enemy. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I'm more than a conqueror. To him that loved me. Satan, you are defeated. God's word has bound you today. It has rendered you powerless. It's taken away excuses. God's word has caused them to turn away from the serpent's eye and look into the eye of the word where there's healing. Oh, they can look at it now and they can say, 
Sin has been judged on a pole and I'm healed. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Satan, you are rebuked. You are defeated. You're powerless. You're nothing but a bluff. And if I made you angry, I'll do it again. Because we're having victory. Come on out with all your force. God is on our side. Though all hell assail us, we will not be moved. We're on the rock of ages. Now we don't invite trouble. We pray deliver us from evil. But we say, if trouble comes our way, we're standing on the promise. It's the written word of God. Now the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The God who has called this bride, who hath chosen this heavenly Jerusalem, rebuke you. You have touched God's anointed. You touched God's people. And you were warned, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. I speak to you in the name of the Lord. I cast you out. Oh, I don't have to lay hands to cast you out. My word just going through the dimensions. Going on the power of this prayer reaches out into the dimensions where demons are and blow them apart as I do it today by faith in his wonderful name, the name of Jesus. And Lord Jesus, we commit ourselves to you. And we want to thank you. We want to thank you for bringing us to this place. We want to thank you. It's a good land. Oh, hallelujah. And here, Jesus is mine. And here, Every promise is mine. And here, the word is true. And it's mine. And I accept it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're free now. You're free. You're delivered. Through faith in this wonderful name, you're free. And he that the Son has set free is free indeed. Just believe him with all your heart now. We've heard it saying he'll do it again. What he's done before, he'll do it again. It's yours. The promise is to you. It's for your children. Don't fear no more. Quit fearing. Believe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. I'm the Lord God that healeth all diseases. In my name. In my name. Ye shall do miracles. 
the works that I do shall you do also. And greater than these, because I go to my Father. I just accept it right now. Just accept it. Just accept it. Don't fear. Not one moment. Don't fear. Just accept it. Just say, Lord, I accept it. I accept your deliverance. I accept my freedom. I accept my joy. I accept my healing. I accept my mercy. I accept it for myself right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We believe, Lord. We accept it as our own right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Worship the Lord now. Worship the Lord. Jesus is mine.
Thank <laughs> you. 